Hello and welcome to Healthy Mind, Healthy Life with your host Avik. This podcast is all about exploring the latest research, sharing personal stories and providing personal tips for improving our mental health and well-being. Each episodes will be joined by experts in the field of mental health as well as individuals who have experienced the transformative power of a healthy mind firsthand. Together we will dive into a range of topics from managing stress and anxiety to building resilience and cultivating happiness. So, join us on this journey to discover new ways to take care of our minds, bodies and souls and let's work together to create a healthier, happier world one episode at a time. So, let's get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of Healthy Mind Healthy Life. Today we have a distinguished guest who has dedicated over 25 years to the mental health field, focusing on the addiction, trauma and co-occurring disorders. So please join me in welcoming Mr. Michael Denain. So welcome to the show Mr. Michael. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. Lovely, lovely. So, uh, Michael, like before we start our conversation, I want to mention this to all of our listeners that uh, Michael is the CEO and founder of the uh, Valent Living, a pioneering program for men in Denver, Colorado. So, his journey is uh, definitely a testament to the transformation and the hope. So, having navigated the challenging uh, depths of the addiction, uh, he emerged not only as a survivor but also as a leader in the realm of addiction recovery. So, uh, as an accomplished author, uh, international trainer, and a mentor for the substance abuse counselors. Michael brings a wealth of knowledge and experience to our conversation definitely so throughout our discussion uh, michael will share his insights trying from both the personal triumphs and uh, the professional expertise so his story is one of the resilience uh, offering a unique blend of lived experiences and also the wisdom gained uh, from years of helping others on the recovery journey So get ready for an enlightening conversation as we delve into the uh, complexities of the addiction, recovery, and the mental health. So uh, uh, Michael's narrative is not just his uh, uh, own; it it resonates with the countless others who have faced these similar kind of challenges. So this episode promises to be an inspiring exploration of the triumph over the adversity and the path. to a healthier mind and more fulfilling life so stay tuned as we uncover the layers of michael's story and glean valuable insights into the transformative power of the recovery so welcome to the show again michael thank you i appreciate it lovely lovely so michael like if you can share a bit about your personal journey with the addiction and how it led you to uh, become a leader in the mental health field sure um side note i've i've taught up in the northeast of india okay. uh with a, a doctor friend of mine who is an expert in addiction is dr darvin smith there's some uh small rehabs up in uh up in these little towns uh that are fairly remote 
in in India and uh, try to we were going around trying to teach them about addictions and twelve steps, mental health, and and how to detox people pro- appropriately because there several people had passed away, uh, not understanding what the correct detox protocols were. Um, they're trying to help a lot of men that are suffering. And, and women that are suffering uh, from alcoholism, but also there's a lot of drugs that were uh, in mental health, uh, uh, tons of trauma up there, but also uh, there's drugs moving across from Miramar and other, uh, and so people are just getting addicted at fairly high rates up there. And it's, uh, but beautiful people and just a huge um, epidemic worldwide right now. Um, so my, myself, 32 years, I, uh, I I had 10 years of mental health and severe addictions from age 14 to uh, 24. And um, I ended up in some legal trouble and um, and just had a complete emotional, psychological breakdown, ended up reaching out for help, um, having a fairly profound spiritual experience that led me... um, into the rooms, the 12 step rooms. And at age 23, I'm 55 now with two children in high school and a wife of 22 years. But so I've dedicated most of my life to helping people uh, heal from the very things that I suffered from as well. So it led me to see all these problems in this new field of behavioral health that that a lot of times when you're trained as an addiction counselor, you think everything's about addiction. Oh, if you take care of the addiction, of course, you're you're depressed. Alcohol is a depressant. And then if you're trained in the mental health field, you're thinking everything has to do with anxiety, depression, mom and dad, and mental health issues. So if you just take care of the mental health issues, then all of a sudden the addictions will go away because the addictions were just for uh, the addiction, the addiction was just uh, medicine for to to medicate your bipolar disorder or your depression or your anxiety. And then, if you're a psychiatrist and you're so you're a doctor, then you're trained to look for symptoms that you're going to medicate with a substance because that's your training, that's your medical training through this kind of uh, Western let's medicate everything philosophy. Now I'm oversimplifying this, but then if you're a psychologist and you're looking for testing, intelligence, uh, personality disorders, behavioral disorders, you're looking for a diagnosis that is not medical, but it's more a DSM-5 type uh, where we can classify somebody as borderline, histrionic, narcissistic. And uh, if you're a dietitian or an exercise physiologist, so do you see it, it, a lot of times it comes from how, what people believe and then they, and then they kind of reinforce their own beliefs. So, so luckily I, I uh, probably 20 years ago helped start a program called CEDAR at the University of Colorado Hospital. And we brought together all the different disciplines, psychiatry, exercise physiology, nursing, the medical piece, the uh, counseling piece, the trauma piece, the, uh, um, uh, you know, behavioral, um, everything, every discipline, uh, psychology, psychiatry, and we brought all these disciplines together under one roof at this hospital. And we all started to, over time, really respect each other's discipline. And we realized we were getting really good results because 
addictions come in pairs with despair. So you get you, someone comes in for alcoholism and you also find out he's addicted to nicotine and she's, but she also has had sexual trauma in her life or there's also dyslexia or ADD. And you, and you start realizing that the reason why there's been such a high failure rate at, at treating all these illnesses is because you're not treating everything at once. And so not to say that you're gonna be able to fix somebody in 90 days or six months, but what I'm saying is now the new philosophy, the philosophy I come from is, is that you bring all disciplines together in order to treat the person because usually it's multifactorial there's many different things going on and so you have to you have to start to treat all of them the shame the guilt the relationships the uh um whatever it is the sleep disorder the lack of exercise you have to start you have to start implementing treatment plans that are going to help the person in area of their life in order for their success rate to go up really sim simple at the same time it's 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 hard to describe but we can get more in the weeds as we talk about how we do things at Valiant and everything else any questions that you would have no so lovely lovely that's it's really great i'd say <laughs> yeah so here go ahead yeah, yeah you're saying something yeah please no, I mean, I since I've been doing this professionally for 28 years, I feel as though I'm on the front end of so much. You know, there's all the psychedelics that are now popular, ketamine therapies, different types of trauma therapies, uh, bo body-centered therapies that get you out of your head and into your body. That's why we've implemented... Uh, uh, yoga every day and meditation every day that starts the day because a lot of people with addictions kind of live in their head and they need to learn how to get into their bodies and breathe and 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 that's where the trauma is stored in the body at a cellular level so we're learning so much so when i speak i could speak about any topic for six hours on on any given topic but i also know that i'm at the front end in my career of a whole bunch of things that are going to be helping people in the future as we look. So I'm very humbled knowing that knowing uh, it's sort of like knowing how little I know. And at the same time, I do have 28 years of professional experience in, and, and what, what works and what doesn't work, what I've seen um, in the field. That's, that's really great. I think. So um, from this, uh, one thing is also going to my mind, like, what actually inspired you to establish that uh, a valiant living and uh, how does your program approach the uh, recovery differently than other traditional methods? Excellent question. Uh, well, I didn't realize that I was an entrepreneur. Uh, I'm a risk taker, fairly impulsive, just, just as my personality type. So I think that uh, what really led me to start my own company six years ago, uh, was I was I was speaking at a conference and I met uh, a man that was a was a business guy who said we should get together and and start our own and and I did have these ideas for years of why aren't people dealing with the sexual issues, the hidden the secrets you know the pornography all the relate why why aren't we dealing with with certain things in the in the field in rehab. 
money issues. People don't like to talk about money and their relationship with finances. But when people relapse in addictions, you can always correlate their relapse back to what they call romance and finance. It always has something to do with relationships and money and fear and resentment around sex and money. So why aren't we helping those issues? Why are we so scared to help people with with these more hidden uh, addictions and obsessions and compulsions? So that's really what inspired me to start Valiant Living is really wanting a more um, what we call addiction interactive disorder. How do we look at the chemicals, the behaviors, the codependency, the trauma, the um, uh, the adrenaline and the shame and the guilt and the anger and start looking at everything at once and how they all fuse together. So, for instance, they call it fusion, uh, uh, like chemsex, somebody that is having acting out a lot sexually, uh, but they're also using stimulants like crystal meth. Uh, or or some sort of um, or cocaine or something like that. Well, they think they used to think, well, just take away the meth or the cocaine and the stimulant, and then the sex issues will go away. And and what they didn't realize was that sometimes people were using the stimulants so that they could act out sexually. So they were missing the fact that sometimes there's sexual disorders. Um, as well that you have to treat. So, so we treat everything and I, and I'm not scared of it because um, we have a system at Valiant at my company that when we have classes every day in groups, they're for everything. They're for the depression, they're for the anxiety, they're for the addiction and the mental health all at once. DBT, which is uh, a certain type of therapy, CBT, the cognitive stuff, trauma-focused, schema-focused. It's all it, it it's all about mental health and it's all about addiction because it's about changing the brain, changing the body, changing the behavior. Um, and so we have a broad enough curriculum that we can invite men in particular, middle-aged men, into our system and they it's like plug and play they will fit even if one guy's is uh sex workers and alcohol and some others it's depressed i have one young man he is uh he just lost his girlfriend she was mentally ill and she shot herself and killed herself with his gun in their apartment while he was there and so yes he binge drinks but his real issue is grief and trauma but if you if you scratch a little more and you li- really listen to this guy and you find out about this guy's history you found out that his parents divorced when he was 10 years old and his mother was deeply depressed and so he was always trying to save his mother from her depression and so he became attracted to saving women it was like his life goal so why do you think he ended up with this mentally ill bipolar young lady who ended up suiciding in his house? So there's these direct correlations. So after we deal with the grief, then we have to start helping him with what we call an intimacy disorder. What you're attract, what you're attracted to is actually not going to fill your heart with love and and commitment and sustain you. It's actually what you're attracted to is ultimately going to hurt you. So how do we have this psychic change and heal the trauma inside and heal the brain so that he's attracted to health and not attracted to sickness? So you see how I could put this, that those same two guys in a group 
if you have the right type of therapy and the right type of counselors and you can and and you're you're really addressing the core issues versus the outside issue well i'm a heroin addict um and well i'm a porn addict well really none of that matters it's it's really just well i like whiskey and he likes he and he likes beer it's like so one guy's drinking vodka and one one guy's drinking jack daniels what does it really matter the other, the, the other guy is using drugs. I mean, they all have different um, per, like perception and they all have some, they do different things to the body. But the reality is everyone's just trying to get out of pain. They're trying to get, they're trying, they're looking for something to dissociate from reality, to give them a sense of courage, to give them a sense of numbness, to give them a sense. Everybody's looking somehow to, get out of reality exactly, and move into what we call dissociation. That's all that, that's all that's happening. And even with mental illness, to be honest with you, there there's, you know, if you really look at depression, it's, 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 that's usually anger stuffed inward. And, uh, and, and so now, now we're looking at somebody that is, that has all the self-hatred and grief and shame. And some of it can be biological too, that it's, it's, there's, there's family history of, of depression or trauma and it gets passed down, um, through a DNA biological, you know, level, but, and a lot of it is actually, um, is is behavioral that we we start to build we start to build this and then we build these neural pathways and then all of a sudden we're depressed so i don't want to try to act like i i'm i'm on the science side of this but i understand enough to to say we can treat this through medicine so we have an addiction psychiatrist on, on our team who will have a pharmacological uh help for each of the clients will say, okay, this client may need uh, an antidepressant while they're moving through the program and they may need a sleep aid to get them on the right the right sleep cycle. But the goal of putting someone on medicine is always to slowly get them off the medicine. It's to get them on the right so that we can can do the work. It's like a pair of glasses now at 55 that, you know, I need I need readers um, to to help with with uh, with magnifying, you know, when I when I read, right? So there's no shame in that with me, you know. Like I can't believe that I that I don't have perfect vision, but there is some sort of shame when it comes to mental health issues, right? Where it's like I need something to help me with anxiety or depression, and all of a sudden it's like there's this stigma that goes with it, and then I'm I'm willing to be crazy and suicidal and in pain because I'm not willing to take some sort of medicine. To to help me and the, and then the medicine could help me so that i could see correctly so then i can do the work that eventually maybe i get off the medicine maybe i stay on it but we have to we have to destigmatize all of this and say whatever's going to work let's be open let's let our hearts open to this because whatever's going to work is 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 going to be able to help someone evolve find some happiness find some peace find some direction find some connection find some purpose and then they get to decide what what is good for them and what's not. But at, at the beginning, let's not let's not rule out anything of the process. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely, definitely it makes sense. And uh, thanks for sharing this in detail. It's uh, very very uh, helpful, I would say. Yeah, thank you. No, I love. I just I am so passionate about this because I feel like there are people that are going to suicide today. And I know that in America, I don't know what it is. I think it comes with wealth 
And I think it comes with just uh, we compare ourselves to each other and where the education and money, it, it has a very dark side. Right. So we're not only we're not only the wealthiest nation and the most uh, educated nation, we're the we're the highest form of it. I, I would say most addicts, maybe per capita in the world, most drugs flowing into this country than any other country. Uh, and it's because. It's it's just we you know what the big thing with addiction is we want more it's never enough it never fills the hole cool, there's never enough cocaine there's never enough money there's never enough attention there's never enough social media there's never enough likes on your on your Instagram there's it's addiction just creates this hole it just creates a larger hole even as you're feeding it it just creates a larger hole that something's missing that I, that I need more of something. And what we really need is less. We need to take away the resentment. We need to work through the fear. We need to work through the trauma. We need to get rid of, of, of what's blocking these portals to our own happiness, to the connection, to the spirit, the connection to the inner self, the connection to others, love. Uh, and, and, and so it's really, le- it's less about putting something in us and it's more about healing what's already in us. That's clogging our ability to actually feel true happiness, to feel true peace. So a lot of times what we're, what we're trying to do by all of these therapy classes and medicine and exercise and wilderness nature, uh, trauma therapies, uh, uh, accountability, individual therapy. What we're trying to do through all this is help build a, a safe enough container where somebody can have an experience where they finally let go and they finally surrender and they finally move in to, a, they, they're able to have that breaking experience. Um, where 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 the sunlight of the spirit can finally get in they like they're like sometimes we don't wish for pain but we wish for the right kind of pain that that person's heart breaks open and they're able to finally access something inside of themselves that they didn't even know was there because what we believe those of us who have been brought up in the 12 step movement is that the spirit is in every single one of us it doesn't matter whether you're atheist, agnostic, Hindu, Buddhist, or Christian or Jewish. It 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 that the, the spirit is inside, and and the, and the key is how do we access that? How do we how do we access that? And 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 addiction and mental health issues are just going to take you further and further from that. Understood. Understood. So lovely. So. Um thanks for sharing this it's really really helpful and uh just wanted to understand like uh as, as an author you have uh likely shared valuable insights in your work so is there any particular message or lesson uh from your writings that you find resonates most of with your audiences i think it's something that we're we're learning that i wrote about 15 years ago that I think COVID and other other things have really shown the world how necessary connection and community is uh, and vulnerability, like being being honest about where you're at. I think that there's so much we don't want to burden other people 
people with our problems and we don't want to get honest and we have shame and guilt and pride that 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 for that stop us from talking about what's really going on inside of us and, and getting real and vulnerable right or it's not masculine enough that you have to you have to tough it out. There's this individualism that says, you know, you should be able to figure this out. And I think what I really push in my book is everybody on the planet needs a mentor. There's not one person, there's not one top athlete in the world that says, well, if someone's going to help me with my shot and my diet and my ability to get from college into the pros, that they're going to feel shame and guilt. But for some reason, uh, we've built this, um, when we have problems or, or, or we suffer from anything, we, we we don't want to reach there are a lot of people we don't want to reach out and 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 talk about what we're struggling with and then ask for a mentor ask for help a counselor a therapist a doctor uh um certain family inside of ourselves so um i think i think the book my book really pushes for community getting with a mentor taking risks of share, sharing who you are. And those are very, very simple concepts, but they're very hard to do. They're very hard to do. Uh, and, and, and so that's really what I would say to the broader public of if they take anything would be to realize like oxygen, like food that we need each other and that it's not a weakness that we're designed as a species to be in community and to and to need each other, right? And and uh, and I mean interdependence. I don't need dependence. I don't mean I'm gonna suck you dry, or I'm gonna I'm gonna dominate you, and I'm gonna you're not you're never gonna leave me, and I'm gonna control you, or I'm gonna depend on you so much that that you're gonna that, that I'm like a parasite in your life. Like I need you, I need you, I need you. I'm talking about interdependence. I'm talking about an ability to say I need. I, I would like a hug right now and I'd like somebody to sit down and have tea with me and talk about life. It's not a demand. It's a request learning how to learning how to ask for what we feel like we need and to be in, to be in fellowship, to be in community is so key. And if you watch any of these shows, even these random shows like the blue zones, why are people living so long in these certain areas? It, it has something to do with exercise diet, but every single one it's community. People feel welcome. They feel like known, they feel a sense of community in their life. And I think people that have suffer from mental illness and they suffer from addiction. It's very isolating. Even the loved ones say, say that, uh, say your father's an alcoholic and he doesn't want anyone to know. And you don't want anyone to know because you don't want to talk about your family in a, in a way that would disrespect your father. Well, over time, you're going to become more isolated. You're going to say, uh, and, and you're going to want to spend less and less time with friends they're going to say, how's your father doing? I saw him the other day. He was stumbling down the road and is your father okay? So all of a sudden family members of the mentally ill or the ad addicted person become more and more isolated. They become, and, and so not only the addict, not only the mentally ill person, but their families become isolated. So what my, what I would really say is we need to break through all that and we need to invite people into our lives. We need to connect to community. We need to connect to others. That would be my, the big takeaway from anything that I could ever offer to people that are suffering. Important. Community. Right. Correct. Okay. Great.
Great. Thank you for joining on this insightful journey through the intersections of addiction, recovery, and the mental health with our esteemed guest, Michael Denen. So, uh, dear listeners, like his personal story of the transformation and the professional expertise have provided the valuable perspectives on the challenges and the triumphs within this crucial realms. So as we, as we conclude this episode, we hope that you have gained a deeper understanding of the complexities surrounding the addiction, the importance of addressing the trauma, and the path to a sustainable recovery. So Michael's uh, dedication to breaking the chains and fostering hope serves as an inspiration for all. So if you or someone you know is navigating the challenges of the addiction, remember that help is available. So reach out to the local resources or the professional who can provide the support needed to the journey of the recovery and, and, and please reach out to Michael for any queries, anything you want to learn, anything you want to uh, clarify, you can definitely reach out to him. So Michael, like if someone wants to connect with you and want to have a discussion or maybe uh, uh, they wanted to clarify something, how can, how they can connect with you? I think the best way, because uh, is most of your audience in, uh, in India? No, it's globally. I, I would say globally? Oh, okay. I would say probably my my email just due to the time zones um would be michael at valiantliving.com so v-a-l-i-a-n-t-l-i-v-i-n-g valiant living uh, michael at valiantliving.com that's that's probably the best way they they could always call me at 720-935-5903 and in the states it's i think it's a plus one uh and and that's the uh that helps with the uh, country access code, but um, I'm always available to talk with anybody uh, about but anything they need and, and help point them in the right direction at the very least. Lovely. Lovely. That's really great. So Michael, we definitely appreciate your time and commitment to exploring uh, the uh, this topic with us. And uh, also for the listeners, like please stay tuned for more engaging conversations on our ongoing quest for a healthy mind and a fulfilling life. So until next time, take care and be well. Thank you so much. All right.